Psalm 40. And we read verse 3. Does anybody know that verse at all? He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Can we take it together one more time, please? He has put... Psalm 40, verse 3. Praise the Lord. Even if you are listening remotely, it's just come to my heart that we should commit that verse to memory. Because it's not going to be a one-month verse. It's going to be a lifelong verse for many of us. So, the old Sunday school, adult Sunday school exercise. Is there anybody who wants to recite that for us? I'm sure they will still, oh, they've taken it off the screen. Choir, everybody look this way, it's still there, okay? But anybody wants to recite it for us, hallelujah. Psalm 40, verse 3. Not a chorus, just one person. Yes, Dick David. Uh huh. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Come on, put our hands together for our brother. All right, anyone else? We take two more. Are we shy? All right, all of us on this row, I know many of us on this column. Shall we say it together, please? Yes. Uh huh. Praise God. Fantastic. Some of those of us on this column, if we may, please. Hallelujah. But on this side, shall we all go together, please? Want to go on the last side? You see it up here. All of us upstairs. Well done. All of us together, finally. Psalm 40, verse 3. Amen. All right. So, this is the last Sunday in the month of September. And this is our month of new song. We, unless the Lord permits us to proceed with this, we will end the series of messages with a message titled, Many Will See It. Many will see it. And I may ask, why do we want to get many to see it? The answer is in that verse. What was the answer for the reason why many will see it? Number one. And they will trust in the Lord. So very simple. And we probably will not spend too much time on People fearing and trusting in the Lord, that's a little bit self-explanatory. But we'll try and look at, in a little bit of greater details, what they will see. What will they see that will make them fear? Another word for that fear is they will be in awe. Another word is that they will be amazed. So if you have multiple translations of the Bible, those are some of the words you will come across. So but what will they see? One more time, another caveat before we go on. Why do we want to list what people will see? It's so that we ourselves may be encouraged to continue to pray and believe God for them to see those things. Because after God has promised and he will do it, expects us as well to act in the realm of prayers to make his promises to come to pass. After all, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And hearing the written word of God, the spoken word of God, and the expounded word of God. 
And that's what we will spend some time to look at five things quickly from the expanded word of God that will create faith in your heart to make you to believe that you will have things happen in your life that many will see. Number one thing that will draw the attention of people out of many is when something unusual happens to you. Something unusual for a place and a time. And I will explain myself. Do you know it's not everything that is unusual that is necessarily rightly classified as a miracle? The real definition of a miracle is when something out of the ordinary happens. And I'll look at the Bible to show you that some of the things, and it's good, I totally agree, we should be very grateful for every little thing. Amen. We should be grateful for life. We should be grateful for health. But if we don't want to diminish the meaning of miracles by biblical standard, we need to define it correctly. And the right definition of miracle is when God does something out of the ordinary. It can be something extraordinarily natural, which you call what? Supernatural. It could be something that God has done that has never been seen before. But two things I find out tries to tie a miracle. It is something unusual happening in a place and at a particular season or time. Amen. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 7 and I will explain myself. You know why I'm, we're trying to set the bar high? is so that we can move high. We need to stop settling for less than what God has asked to give us. And so, something unusual for a place and time, in Exodus chapter 7, I read verses 8 through to 13 for you, and I will start one or two things there to prove unto you that you will need to begin to believe God for something really extraordinary. And it's coming your way in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Verse 10. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so. Just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and became and, and before his servant, that is Pharaoh's servant, and it became a serpent. Are you following the story? Verse 11. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod. And they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord has said. Why did Pharaoh's heart, heart grow hard? Eh? It's nothing extraordinary. It's okay. You did it. My enchanters did it. And he withdrew them up to number three sign that Moses did. Water was turned into blood. His own enchanters did it. Uh, frogs was called out. His own enchanters did it. And then I think lice was commanded and his own enchanters did it. Now where I'm going is that, brethren, as important as it is for God to bless us and we bless us with daily things, wonderful job, good homes, good cars, fantastic health. But God wants to do more. <laughs> Was to do something extraordinary. Because if many will see it, it has to be more than the ordinary. Most of the time is that we have not stretched our imaginations to the level of the ordinary yet. And I think that's one of the main reasons why it looks a little bit, a bit of a struggle for people around us to believe the power of the gospel because they've not seen in its totality the extraordinariness of the power of God. And some of them you can stretch your imagination for a time and place like this. It's going to be a miracle in our time if people are just walking outside the church and they decide to stop dead in front of the church because they felt something is pulling them in. 
And they walked in through that door. As immediately they came in, a person who has been on all sorts of medication for uh, a psychological problem or whatever, immediately the person got released and set free. I believe that is in the realm of the extraordinary. For a place and time. For another place and time, that might not be. In a place where there's revival already. The mere fact that somebody walks through a door and gets a miracle. It might not be. Yes, it's still a miracle, but it's not as extraordinary. Is somebody getting what I'm saying now? If many will see it, it has to be extraordinary. And you need to believe God for the extraordinary. I'm not sure that my own imagination and yours are yet stretched to that level yet. But the prayer is that we begin to believe God for such stretch of our imaginations. Because he has promised that eyes have not seen, ears have not had what God has prepared for them. And very soon, the world will see the mighty hand of God in our lives and they will be drawn unto Jesus in Jesus' name. Number two, thing that many will see and make them fear and put their trust in God. When you as a person deliver more than you are ever expected to do, Every human being is subjected to prejudgment and prejudice. And every human being carries a degree of prejudgment of others, whether we know it or not. You agree with me? And I can prove that to you. No matter what, if somebody approaches you on Union Street, maybe he's been struggling with drug and alcohol, and he walks straight to you, and he's coming straight to you, you could see from his dressing and possibly a little bit from his breath, yeah, Union Street is our high street here in Abadina, our major street, for those that don't know it. Now, what will be the first thing that will come to your mind? Be truthful to yourself. Eh? Oh, eh? Heavenly Father, I thank you. Why will you fear? It's, it's working to you, not, not, not in a threatening manner. Let me qualify it. And what would be the first thing that will probably come to your mind? Maybe he wants to ask you for money. Maybe, you know, if you yourself look like somebody who can sell him something. Maybe he wants to ask you to sell him something. But surprise, surprise, that person can just be coming to you to say, you know what? I need you to speak the gospel to me. Let's assume the person comes to you to say that. But naturally, you have rejoiced the person that what is coming for is to apparently seek harm from you or to do something from you. So, you yourself, you are subjected to prejudgment every day. And in itself, it's nothing bad. All you need to do is to disprove the prejudgment about you. Because you have been said, it has been said about you, and it's got nothing to do with the obvious thing about you. It might be by your education, it might be by your accent, it might be by the way you dress. People have prejudged you. And they've said there's a limit set upon you, but it is for you to make up your mind. I'm talking on the natural, we're talking on the supernatural very soon. It's for you to make up your mind that you will shock them and you will surprise them. Uh, let me drive it on with a Bible verse. Maybe you'll get my explanation a little bit clearer. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And I read verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. What was the prejudice against Peter and John? Illiterates. How would they have defined that they were illiterates? After all, most of them didn't live in the same family with them. How would they have judged that they were illiterates? Come on, let's expand that. Let's preach this together. Maybe what they were wearing. Maybe what they were wearing. I went for a program in London yesterday, and unusually, the suit that I wore in the morning, I wore it all through the day. And I was looking a little bit out of place. And I was at Heathrow. I was the only one well suited <laughs> and all sharp and well caught. And the people were giving me glances. What's wrong with this man? All money. And um, I went to a restaurant to just have a quick bite when it was evening. 
And I remember some people casting a glance at me. I don't know what was going on in their mind. On a nice hot day in London, why are you suited up? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Maybe they think that I'm into some sharp godfather Italian. And the restaurant that I went to, it was Italian actually. <laughs> So maybe they may think that I'm of the, one of the Sicily families. But prejudice is common. And you can do nothing about it. But what you can do about it, you can disprove people. And here, they were prejudiced against them. But here, the conclusion of the matter. He said, they perceived that they were uneducated and what? Untrained men. But they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. From what they thought they were to who they really were, there was a disjoint. There was a disconnect. And that shocked them. Now, many of those disconnects will happen to you from now on. And people will begin to marvel that we did not expect this to come from you. They They will be surprised that such a thing is coming from you. The problem is most of the time, I spend a good part of my life either working in the secular environment or working as a minister of the gospel, facing wrong assessment of me. Many of them have allowed to fly and to stick, but I'm getting wiser by the day, and I'm trying to disprove some of them. And I pray your own life will disprove some of the wrong assumptions about you. And many will give you a second look. Amen. Number three, why many will see it and fear and put their trust in the Lord. When something happens to you suddenly, something glorious happens to you suddenly, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Suddenness, no announcement, nobody knew it will happen. And out of the blue, everything got turned around for them. My prayer is that that will be your experience and my experience in the name of Jesus. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, a woman was there. She was, number one, bereaved of her husband. Number two, she was so poor and owing money that the man owed and left. Number three, the creditors started to take the two sons away. And then the woman woke up. Say, enough is enough. Somebody say, enough is enough. When you snap out of it, things will turn around. The constant barrage of the enemy shall be put at bay. And suddenly, this woman, who just a few hours earlier was, you know, lost all hopes, but God gave her hope by running to the man of God. Not only did she pay off the creditors, as um, I think that the Jew we say, our general overseer, she became an oil magnet because she had so much oil to sell. Oil had always been, you know, uh, 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 a means of storing wealth. And so her story changed suddenly. In John chapter 4, verses 1 to 39, reading all these Bible verses so that you may find yourself in one of them and you may key into them. Because I know that death's cancellation is coming somebody's way. And many will wonder, I say, how come you that you are up to your neck in death and you are suddenly be free? Did anybody read your open heavens this morning? You heard the story there? A woman, incredible story. If you didn't read it, okay, we'll leave you to go and read it. I'll give you the paraphrase. There was a woman who came to the general overseer Many years back, she was owing so much money, and her life was upside. And not only was she owning in local currency, you know, when you owe in about 10 currencies, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, we don't know the number of currency she was owing, but we knew she was owing in Pan Stanley, you hear, and she was also owing in the local currency of the country in which she was. Anyway, to cut the long story short, God sent a word during one of the meetings, and please don't miss Wednesday. Don't miss Wednesday. I will stop at that one. 
because I know what God has promised to do on the day. And you will not be disappointed. So anyway, to call the long story short, this woman eventually had the word of prophecy that came or the word of knowledge that said that somebody is here that you're going to have three major breakthroughs in your life. The first major, major financial breakthrough you will have, everything belongs to God. The second one is going to be 50-50 between you and God and the third one will be what? Completely yours. So true indeed, within a few weeks, the first one came. And the amount was so huge that this woman took it to the man of God and said, this is offering for God. Man of God, and I've, I've received kind of thing like that before that people want to give to God. I check. I said, let's be sure that. Uh, and so he was not ready. He said, we didn't spend the money. We just put it on one side. I could identify with that. Eventually, the second one came. And then the third one came. To the extent, the final part of the story, she paid all her way. She became very wealthy and everything. But the final part of the story is that the bank that was chasing her here down south in London, wrote to her and told her that they are very sorry that she was owing them nothing. And that, uh, let me finish now. I know those who read it now. <laughs> and so that the, the coin flip that is actually you are not owing us, but we are owing you and the payer. Something sudden is going to happen to somebody here for good in Jesus' name. And the woman in John chapter 4 verse 39, she was so well known for lewd behavior. She, am I by any culture, to be honest with you, I mean if a man married five wives, one after another, you will get concerned. You agree with me? You agree with me? I mean you marry wife number one, divorce. Wife number two, divorce. Wife number three, five wives. But that's a little bit more tolerable amongst men. You agree with me? But for a woman to marry five husbands, and she was on the seat, still doing testing, testing. You know, that woman must have not been very much liked in society. They will be so prejudiced against her. But something suddenly happened in her life. She met Jesus Christ. And the woman who must have been a pariah, a woman who must have been looked down upon and people say, oh, yeah, she comes again. In the fact, when she was walking the street, everybody locked their husbands up. <laughs> you know, she's just walking down. Everybody says, well, you know her. She's coming. And that's the time those that can't lock them up, they engage their husband in serious conversation. You say, darling. Once she passes, they just push the man aside. I mean, that was the kind of woman she was. She wasn't much loved in society. But something happened in verse 39. Hallelujah. John chapter 4, 39. It said, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, Jesus, because of the word of the woman who testified that he, Jesus, told her all that she ever did. All, many in Samaria, in, in Samaria, they believe because was this woman before this moment believable? Was she of great repute? And very soon, yourself and our families and people in our community, they will have such an encounter. And wheresoever they'll be looked down upon as not trustworthy, they will suddenly become trustworthy in the name of Jesus. Another thing you need to begin to key your mind into and pray so that many will see is that when you experience, number four, in a great dimension, when, when, when your experience, let me put it this way, when your experience is of a dimension that it is beyond your locality and vicinity. You know, many of the things that happen unto us, they are very local things. And it's okay. We start from there. But God's plan for you is that whatever happens to you, it will become a good news and a point of reference even in faraway land. The people of Israel experienced that and their story became repeated in many places. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 2 verses 8 to 11. Now before they lay down, that was the story about two spies that went to Jericho and one woman called Rahab took them into her apartment and um, 
you know, she was then talking to them here about what was happening in Jericho before these spies from Israel came. These MI-16 guys, as it were. He said, now, before they lay down, she, Rahab, came up to them on the roof. Hear what she said. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Why? For, verse 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Hog, whom you utterly destroyed. May your story go ahead of you. Yeah. I believe you, you may not believe, you might not think that this is a big deal. This story happened at a time when there was no CNN. Happened at a time when there was no internet, so they could not have found it on the internet. If it happened at a time when there were no vehicles and motor cars, no telephones, and when I was trying to search the map this morning, the crossing of the Red Sea, and where Jericho was, by my crude estimate, I didn't have enough time to, you know, I didn't have sufficient materials to, but if you can put a ruler and use the scale of the map, it's nothing less than 250 miles. Believe you me, that's a big deal in those days. For a story to happen 250 miles away, and people on the other side, they heard so much about it, the story went all around. Listen carefully. Beginning with the work that the Lord is doing amongst us as a church, and extending unto you, yourself, and your family, the story will go very, very far. And when people see it, they will fear God. And they will say, it's only God that could have done what is happening here. Number five, finally, because I'd like us to pray this afternoon. When your story, that is another thing that will make people to be drawn unto God, and you need to begin to pray about them. When your story is the answer to the question many are asking. (laughs) Did you hear me clearly? When your story is what? The answer to the questions many are asking. If people are asking the question, how can one survive in such a moral climate that the world is? Your story will be the answer to that. If people are asking, how can one just get through this economic climate that is, you know, spreading all over the place? Then your story will be the answer to it. And when people hear such story, they will turn unto God. David's story was an answer unto many questions in the mouth of people in his generation. Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. What questions did I answer? The answer the question that sometimes the righteous seems to be laboring something, nothing good seems to be happening. And David put up his hand and said, you don't worry, you don't need to worry anymore. I'm an example, I'm a, pro, I'm a poster boy for that. That I, from my youth up till this time that I'm an old man, I have never seen God forsake the righteous. So many at times when you are wondering about questions of life, I was somewhere not too long ago and a man was preaching and I've been having something troubling my heart for so long. And I haven't answered. Most of my prayer, well not most, a good part of, a good deal of my prayer is about Lord, I don't understand this. Show me. And I've struggled with this I, and I didn't want to make something up. I just wanted to hear from God. Immediately this man opened his mouth and was telling me his own life story. The answer just came. I said, that's what I was looking for. And immediately everything became clear. And that is a good reference point that may it be that your life story will answer many questions in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, talk about answering questions. There are questions that people are having in their heart that they will ask and you will, when they hear your story, like the one I mentioned to you. But better still, they will come and ask you questions. 
There was a man in John chapter 9. It's a long passage. We surely will not be able to read it all. In fact, it spans, I think, about 30 or so verses. Um, but I'll pick a few things there. There was this, let me start from verse 1. John chapter 9, Gospel of John chapter 9. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples, <laughs> before, before I go on, let, let me just tell you this story, paraphrase. There was this man, you know, was born blind, and disciples asked Jesus Christ, from that question that they asked the Lord Jesus Christ, I counted nine other questions that were asked about the life of this man about, about, that were asked this man himself. In fact, I've never seen anybody whose life or who people have asked questions like that. Question number one. The disciples asked Jesus, why was this man born blind? Okay? They got an answer. Verses three and four. And after that, the man got healed. And by the time they got to verse um, 16, let's go to verse 13. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Verse 15. Then the Pharisees also asked him, uh, where are we? 15, thank you. Then the Pharisee also asked him again, question number two, how he had received his sight. And what did he say to them? He put clay on my eyes and I wash and I see. Verse 16 again, therefore some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? All around this man, questions, questions, questions. All the questions were answered. I believe a life is worth it when people start finding out how did you do it. When so many questions are coming that we've seen the hand of God upon you. And the question never stopped in this man. Some good, some useless, some totally miserable. But one thing was sure in the life of this man, it became a reference point of answers to questions in many people's lives. And that is the promise of God for us as well. Many will see it. Many will see it. Remember, the many will be those in a place and time. Many will be some who have decided to just be prejudiced against you. Some of those many will be very far away land. But when they see it, they will fear God. They will be amazed at what God can do with a person. And then they will turn to God, put their trust in God. Essentially, they will be born again. That is what God desires to use the rest of your life for. And that will come from the new song that will be on your lips. And if you started singing the new song, it will not cease. If it has not started yet, it's going to start now. You remember part of the new song we mentioned to us before is that there's going to be a change of paradigm. The way we do things, the way we believe, the way we act. And that is not going to be very long from now. It's going to, it's going to depend upon how much you believe. It's going to depend on how much you trust God. That's why I spent time to enumerate some of these areas. And these areas we will pray about just now. And as we do so, I believe and I pray. There will be a definite turnaround in your life and my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. It will be helpful if you can stand up as soldiers of Christ and begin to give thanks unto the Lord for the great opportunity that is given unto us to hear his word this afternoon. The Lord Jesus Christ said, you have no, sorry, the apostle said in James chapter 3, he said, you have not for you ask not. You say you have not because you don't ask. The Lord Jesus Christ said, Either too have you asked nothing of me. What he was saying is that comparatively to what you can ask, you ask nothing. He said, Ask that your joy may be full. And let nobody here say, You know, I've been asking. The moment you start saying that, it simply means that you have not learned. The principle of the kingdom of God. 
And the principle of the kingdom of God is what? Ask till your joy be full. If the joy is not full yet, what should you do? Keep asking. Keep asking. So I will encourage you this afternoon, wherever you may be listening to this, to please forget whoever is by your side and to pray. And as you pray, the new song that the Lord will give you, many will see it. And you will be practically a walking evangelist for God. Because it is those things that we have seen, those things that we have heard, those things that we have touched on the word of life that you will declare. Because that child is going to be suddenly turned around. And Jesus' name shall be mightily glorified. Why don't we say thank you, Jesus? Let's start from there. Let's bless his holy name. We can do better justice unto worship and thanks unto our God. He's the Lord who helps us. He's the Lord who does not and will not leave you in the same place that you had always been, but will move you to a new level. I give you worship. I give you praise, Lord. Thank you for the provision that you have for our lives. So that our lives will bring joy and pleasure to you. And our lives will draw many unto you. Many will see it. Many, many, not a few. Many will see it. Not just my family. So I thank you in anticipation. And Lord, in a moment as we begin to pray into all these things that we want, which is just a sample of what you can do, or a sample of what you said you will do, Lord, open the heavens upon our lives. Open the heavens upon our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we bless your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I'd like you to pray that even we get testimonies day in, day out. And we are so grateful for them. But Father, do something very, very extraordinary. Something spectacular. And there are so many opportunities and projects in my life that you can use for that. The only challenge is that we've not thought of them as instruments and tools in the hand of God. But now you will place those in his hands. When people were hungry that day, when the Lord preached late into the evening, whoever knew, whoever knew, there's an opportunity to see bread and fish multiplied. But the Lord sees the opportunity. And so every challenge in our lives is an opportunity in time and in place for God to do something extraordinary. And you know where you are. It might be something that is working partially. It's an opportunity for God to do something extraordinary. It might be something that is not working at all. It might be an opportunity for God to do something extraordinary. So you will lift up your voices. And you will pray, Lord, visit me in a mighty way. Do something extraordinary in my life so that many will see it and turn unto you. Many will see it and be amazed. If we are satisfied with where we are, there we may remain. If we are murmuring and complaining that, you know what? Maybe that's the way it ought to be. No, it does not have to be like that. It can change, it will change. But we need to believe in him and say, Father, please, let circumstance in my life, many of them that we are getting used to circumstances in the life of your children, many of them they are getting used to, turn them around to spectacular things that we draw many unto you. Our goal is to see men turn to Jesus. And we present our situations and our problems, oh God. We present the challenges of our lives, the challenges in the lives of our children, the challenges in the life of our family members, the challenges in the life of our own selves. Oh God, we present before you, turn them into a mighty tool that we draw many people unto you. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This one's a bit of a warfare prayer. Are you going to pray? Every limitation over my life be lifted right now. Because when people box you in, they say, that's as far as you can go. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I pray, Father, every limitation over my life, every prejudgment over my life, over my family, every limitation and prejudgment over my ministry, what men have said that well, we can assess, we can guess how far he can go. We can summarize how far she can go. Lord, today we command that every limitation be lifted, be lifted in the name of Jesus. Wheresoever men have said it to your hearing or they've not said it to your hearing, let every barrier be lifted. It might be limitation because of your stand for righteousness. It might be limitation because of what you trust the Lord for. It might be limitation because you said you will not jump into bed with someone before you get married. All those limitations we go. Lack of compromise at work. Because they have prejudged you. They have prejudged the apostle but they shocked them. They thought that they don't have education, but Lord, you move in their lives and they became mighty instruments. Bring your prayer to a close in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Somebody says, Suddenly, God of suddenly, we step into the affairs of the church, He will step into your family affair, He will step into your affair. It will be suddenly sudden. And I tell you, that double barrier kind of adjective, by the special grace of God, will be the portion of somebody here in the name of Jesus. So what? In these next three days as we are fasting and praying, I believe the Lord is saying that somebody you will sleep a debtor. But by the following night of going to bed, you will be a creditor. And it's only God that can do such a sudden thing. So, you will pray that everything that seems to have dragged on in my life, the one that's supposed to have taken a year, two years. After all, you said a thousand years in your sight is like a day. So God of suddenly arise on my behalf. My be over your child that is recovering gradually. My be over your job situation, economy. My be over your own health, recovering, you know, re- re- be, be, be restored gradually. But Lord, we bring this suddenness of restoration in right now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and pray. Call down the hand of God of suddenly, 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 in the name of the Lord Jesus. No more delay. No more delay in the name of the Lord. Is God that turned a woman that was no, not so much light apparently in that society. A woman who was essentially a pariah and she was turned around to be the most credible witness for the Lord. Use me, oh God. When I've told people that I said this is what the Lord can do and they don't believe, now they will believe because we do it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Every reproach and shame be rolled away right now in the name of Jesus. You are here, you've had this said to you many times. We will see how far that your Jesus will carry you. Because you have told them many times that your God will do it. And it seems your God is not doing it. But today the God of suddenly. One more time. Somebody say suddenly. He will shock them. And they will be so sure they will run to you. And say take us to such a God that can do it in the name of Jesus.
So your cry will be God of suddenly show up in my affair in the name of Jesus. Show up, oh God, in my ministry. Show up in my family. Show up in my life. Show up in my city. Many have said, Who we ever believe Jesus? God of suddenly show up, show up, oh God. Because you do work like that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You will no longer have local testimony, but global testimony. Because your father is a global father. He's actually called the father of all flesh. He's a global king. He's actually called the king over all the earth. So you as a child, your influence must be global. My influence must be global. I know we can't see. Don't worry. Pray it anyhow. Because faith will begin to rise in your heart. And you begin to believe that your story does not need to end in your village. Did you hear me? Your story is not even abiding yet. The only place they really know you was a village. But you will come out of that village. You will come into the... And for the glory of God. I don't care about your popularity. I don't care about people's salary. But they will say, when people are saying there's a problem somewhere, they say, we had, I read, I got somewhere on the internet somewhere. Somebody told somebody. And I know God did it for him. He did it for her. And he can do it for me. God of all the earth. Stretch your hand unto me today. Turn my story to be a blessing to my generation. To the whole world. Pray that prayer but what? And then we will pray declaration over our lives. Call on the name of the Lord. He's a faithful God we serve. He's more than able to do it. More than able, more than able, more than able is he. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' name we pray. Finally, my life shall be answered to questions that many people are troubled about. That simply means you yourself, you don't have unanswered questions. I mean, things that God wants to reveal to human beings. There are things he does not need to reveal unto us. So you don't, you don't wake up every time, God, why, why, why? Few whys you have, they will be resolved. They will be resolved. And you yourself will begin to now, through your own story, be answers to the many whys in many people's lives. You're going to pray that no more will our lives be lived in suspense and in unresolved questions. But also, when my new song is loudly sung, many from far and near, they will without any struggle say, that is what I'm looking for. That resolved that challenge I have. I now know why this and I now know how to come out of it. You're going to pray? Use my life for your purpose. Use my life for your glory. Let everything about me that many are confused about when you answer me, when you answer your church, let us be a reference point of your mighty power. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray, brother, pray, sister, pray, friend, that this shall be the time when, because the Lord will turn in your captivity away, that many will find solace in the miracles and the turn around the Lord will do over your life. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Very soon, somebody will sing, Come and join me, sing Hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh has done me well. He's done me well. 
that shall not be delayed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Unto you, O Lord, we lifted our voices this afternoon. And unto you, my Father, in agreement with this, your people, I lift up my voice. And my heart cry, O God, we want to see you glorified in every department of our lives. And your word unto us is that you put a new song in our mouth and many will see it from today. Father, I pray, especially as we go to the next three days, seeking your face and pray. Begin, Father, we humbly ask, gather the many together. Because very soon they will see it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Gather the crowd because something's about to burst forth. Your glory is about to be seen. Your hand is about to be stretched our lives. And it shall not be delayed or denied in the name of the Lord Jesus. The new song is here. It will never fade. It will turn around. Somebody this week, the door that's going to be shutting against you, the Lord said, I've opened that door. It's your duty to go and check that door this week. Just go and check it. The lock has been taken away. You just need to turn the handle and that door will open and you will walk through in the name of the Lord. Father, all our eyes are upon you. That's a destination for us. It's called heaven. But all everything in life, physical and material, they are for the purpose of drawing people to you. And you need people to use a sample for that. So we pray for the ultimate now, not for the one we've prayed for already. That we ourselves, we shall not miss out from that house of glory in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as many as may be in this room, oh God, you know them. Our ways are not right with God. Oh, we've never ever had any relationship with him. Lord, by your spirit and your spirit alone, touch all such hearts right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And turn your people back to yourself. We are grateful because this month, this month of September, this very month of new song, We end on a very high and glorious point for every one of us in the name of Jesus. Disaster is banished from our lives in the name of Jesus. Sorrow and pain, they are banished from our lives in the name of Jesus. To the extent in the name of the Lord that this month shall be remembered for good all our days in the name of Jesus. We receive it of you, O God. And we return all the honor and glory back to you. Thank you, Father, for a new day. Thank you for new things you are doing in our lives. You are worthy to be praised and adored. Blessings and honor and glory be to you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Somebody shout hallelujah.